0: Hello, everybody. This is Brian Barnhart, and welcome to the uh, Adult Forum recording for the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion, University of City, Missouri. Today, we're going to be uh, focusing on a topic that has uh, been in discussion on these forums for a little while. But I'm going to call it Housing 2.0, talking about where are we going to take Holy Communion's housing ministry in the future. When we uh, think about housing 2.0, of course, it's going to be helpful to take a few steps back and talk about where have we come from. And uh, I put a, a short little um, presentation together. We're going to talk about a bit today. I'm going to share my screen here. Um, hopefully, you guys can see what I'm looking at, and uh, we'll follow along. There's um. A couple items I want to talk, make sure that we're all clear about for the day of uh, what I want to accomplish. First, a re- quick recap of who is Holy Communion, what's our mission, and kind of where are we coming from from housing ministry in the past? Uh, secondly, why are we bringing up housing now? How Why is housing 2.0 a discussion that we need to be thinking about today and here at the, uh, the end of October of 2021? Um, then before we dive in on options for what our housing ministry might look like, I'd like to talk about kind of how do we evaluate a good option from a bad option? What are the metrics and objectives? What, uh, what are guiding principles or how do we decide, how do we move forward as a community and, and try to find out how can we best serve this housing insecure population? And then finally, uh, maybe the most interesting part of uh, our, our discussion today or our recording today, is going to be what are the options that we're thinking about now and what can we add to that? Who might we partner with? Where might we go from from here in the future? And then finally, we'll we'll I'll leave you with a few open questions. And it's my hope that um, all of you can join me on October twenty fourth, twenty twenty one, on the uh, the front lawn of uh, Holy Communion Episcopal Church, to discuss these in an open format and get your perspectives and find out what drives you, what what makes you shift uneasily in your in your chairs, what what gets you excited, what might what would you be interested in leading or contributing to if, we, if you saw something compelling? So that's sort of my, uh, my, my hope and dream for the day uh, the discussion today. Let's lead off with kind of um, where is Holy Communion coming from? Um, just as a refresher, the Holy Communion Episcopal Church in University City is a diverse, welcoming community seeking to walk in the way of Jesus and to reveal Christ's reconciling love in the city, our nation and our world. And if you're not really familiar with Holy Communion, I really believe we do a fantastic job of this. We walk the walk, we're not just talk. Um, We go out and we do the things that we think needs to happen in our community to to make it a better place. One of the best examples I'm gonna redesignate as housing 1.0, of course we didn't know it was 1.0 at the time. Um, Back in 2017, Holy Communion got together and we decided we need to do something uh, with this house that we owned immediately behind the church. Here in the, the slideshow, you can see here, um, this, um, this home um, has been owned by the church for a number of years, well before I became uh, acquainted with the Holy Communion. Uh, the church is right back here in the, the background here. But we decided in 2017, we were gonna um, put some energy and money into it. Um, it had been kind of falling apart and certainly not well kept up in recent years, and we decided we would um, invest in it, make it a wonderful place to live, and we would partner with nonprofits to help their clients live in a very nice community and in a very nice home. And so uh, we put in 50 plus thousand dollars of um, uh, supplies and um, contractors fees and things like that, as well as hundreds, if not thousands of hours of our own volunteer labor, blood, sweat, and tears, um, and it was a, a wonderful and painful and delightful experience to, to go through that. We had a lot of good bonding experiences. We learned a lot in terms of hands-on tactical skills. I um, got to harass each other and our limited abilities. One of my favorite memories was uh, my good friend Earl Bonds uh, looking at my recent dry, my, uh, the drywall project I'd just completed, and he said, Brian, you did that exactly the way I told you not to. He was right, um, but w- it was a wonderful experience that we got to come together as a community and do a, a really big, really meaningful project. Since then, we've been partnering with nonprofits to rent out that space. Uh, we've partnered with a, a group that had been called Magdalen House, and now it's called Bravely to help um, some uh, women coming out of really bad situations and uh, trafficking situations. And currently, we're partnered with uh, the St. Patrick Center in St. Louis, and that relationship's going really well. We put their clients in it. We um, give them um, heavily subsidized rent, and they are in a beautiful neighborhood, in a beautiful um, home, and they're they're able, the nonprofit's able to rotate their clients through to get people out or off the street out of homeless situations, get them stabilized, and then onto a path of uh, hopefully a very secure future. We, um, like this arrangement because we can provide the house, but we don't have the social services skills and the case management skills that our nonprofit partners have. But by partnering with them, we can bring a lot of good resources together and it's working well. We think, and we uh, we have to go back and kind of double check here. We think we've, we've been able to house four different individuals and or families in the four years we've been doing this. And while that's not gonna solve the world's problems, housing four people and getting them out of homeless situations does make a big difference to them. And so I am thrilled at the outcome of the Gannon House or Housing 1.0. It's taken a lot of energy, a lot of work, but it's, we've got it down to a, a well-oiled machine. We've got great partners. I'm uh, ecstatic with where it's going. So then we, the n- logical questions that comes up then of if we've got that well-defined and working smoothly, what next? What are we gonna do next? And so um, moving to the next slide or the next question kind of of, of um, my is, why are we bringing up housing 2.0 now? One, there's kind of three reasons. One, we've got a good thing going now. We've got this well-defined process. Everything's going really well now. Two, if we're gonna make a meaningful how- change in our housing ministry in the future, it takes time. We need to start these discussions now so we can find the resources, we can find the process, we can find the partners to grow and expand this ministry. And third, and certainly not least at all, COVID's been rough on a lot of households in the United States. The uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau um, had a study that was published in March of 2021, so six months ago, eight months ago, um, that was noting that the uh, number of people who, have, who are at least three months behind on mortgages, it's gone up by 250% uh, to over 2 million households. And if you add in um, all of the individuals who are behind on rent as well, we're up to over 800, I'm sorry, 8 million rental households um, across this country that are in really bad situations. Now, this data would have been probably analyzed at the beginning of 2021. We're 10 months beyond that. So I do not believe that the situation has improved. If anything, it's probably gotten a lot worse. The eviction um, moratoriums are, are coming to an end in um, the country. Housing issues are gonna be really important here in the very near future. Beyond the health concerns of COVID, housing is gonna really be um, a front and center coming out of these really rough years of 2020 and 2021. So, why talk about housing 2.0 for Holy Communion now? It's becoming urgent. We need to start thinking about it, planning for it, and figuring out where can we make a difference. So to jumpstart the conversation, um, the good thing is before the you, the uh, community in Holy Communion and St. Louis um, by extension, before we're bringing these ideas to you, there's been a committee at Holy Communion I'm dubbing the housing 2.0 team or housing 2.0 committee that's been doing some thinking about this and reaching out to members of the St. Louis community to talk about where can we as a a faith-based organization make a difference? Where is the need in St. Louis? How can we partner with others to really have an impact and uh, make life better for our neighbors? Certainly in housing 1.0, when we renovated a house, we could swing hammers again. We could renovate again, or build a home again, and that we've proven that can work. But there might be other tactics. There might be other strategies that we can use to really make a better, a big difference. And we might be able to engage more people—people people who aren't comfortable messing up drywall like Brian Barn, like I am. Um, <laughs> I think there's probably a lot of people who would have an interest in helping, but maybe not have all the skill sets or the confidence they'd need to do a renovation. So. This Housing 2.0 exploration is to broaden the lens, open up more possibilities for where might we have an impact uh, to help our vulnerable neighbors in the St. Louis community. And and many, many thanks to the committee for thinking, exploring, interviewing, et cetera, others in the community. The Housing 2.0 Committee has some guiding principles of how are we going to explore these options? And I'm gonna briefly pass to them, but one thing that's important to us is we partner with other nonprofits and other groups so that we're not reinventing the wheel. We're not trying to come up with the the best solution that's being done lots of places by other people who have had more experience. We wanna partner with people, other nonprofits, especially. We also realize that we need to have the support of the congregation. The church needs to be supportive of whatever new direction we take. It can't be just the enthusiasm of a couple members. Everyone needs to be on board. We also need to know that we're gonna need a couple of talented leaders who are willing to say, I will take this on and help lead this effort. This is inspiring to me. I want to be part of it. I want to lead the effort for our Holy Communion. We're certainly gonna have some limits as a church church, and we don't want to imperil our uh, future uh, on this one initiative. We're going to know that we have some boundaries that we can work within and we're going to probably have to pass on some opportunities that are beyond what we can realistically hold within our scope. We want to make sure that we are uh, focusing on the most vulnerable populations within St. Louis knowing that there's a history uh, particularly in our region that has brought us to this point where there's disparities between different groups within society that we're going to have to work within and try to help out those that are in most need. Um, One thing that's very important is that we actually focus on impact. We can do small efforts that might be helpful, like welcoming people to buy their first home, give them a welcome package or something, but will that realistically solve any of the housing needs in St. Louis? Maybe not. Where can we have the biggest impact and and house as many people as possible or keep them housed? Um, One other thing that is important is to have a scalable ministry. If we don't know how many resources we have, can we scale, the, scale our effort up and down and still have a, a meaningful impact? If it's something that, um, uh, for example, we'll get to this in a moment, but building half of a house isn't actually helpful. If it doesn't house a whole person or whole family, if we can't scale that effort to do an um, a incremental amount, maybe that's not the right fit for us at this moment. Similarly. Could we scale it in such a way we could hand it off to other groups, other nonprofits, other faith-based organizations to say, here is our model. Here's how we were able to scale it and grow it. Follow this and we're gonna be able to have a big impact altogether. And finally, uh, the Episcopal Church uh, globally has uh, a focus um, rightly, I think, on building a beloved community. What are the opportunities that offer the opportunity to build relationships and connections within our community. We can certainly do things that are one-off events that may be helpful for folks, but is that building a community? I don't know. We'll evaluate these as we go forward. And and the next uh, topic that I'd like to think about is, even before we talk about options, how do we evaluate what's a good option? What's a bad option? What's better than one or the other? I have some initial thoughts here about how do we think about these options that I'm gonna, I'm gonna call the menu of options that we've been uh, collecting from nonprofits, from our own ideas and so forth. Here's some ideas on how do we evaluate the merits of these different options? How do we, how do we measure the effectiveness, the costs, the benefits, et cetera? So here's, here's some rough ideas to get us rolling. Even before we, we turn the page to the exciting part of the menu. Um, one, one, uh, a big one here is uh, money. How many dollars would we need to spend Uh, for a particular option, to house one person or a family. Uh, Ideally, the lower number, the better. The more people we can house per dollar, fantastic. That's great. Similarly, how many volunteer hours would we need to spend to house one person? Uh, Ideally, very few hours to to house a single individual or house a family. If it takes a million hours to house one person, I'm sure that person would be grateful. But maybe there's other options that could be even more efficient. Uh, relationships. How much of a, how much would a particular opportunity allow us to build this beloved community across the St. Louis region and develop the relationships that we think would be valuable long term? Not just for the immediate um, transaction of getting someone into housing, but can we know? Can we make sure that they know that they're loved by um, by our community and, and know that they're part of our community, whether they sit in the pews or not? We talked about scalability. How? How successful would an opportunity be if we only had half the resources, half the dollars, half the volunteer hours that we would ideally like to have? Does building half a house help anybody? Maybe not. Could uh, we do make do with half the number of volunteer hours and still have a, a productive output? Maybe. I hope, hope. Hopefully we can find something that's highly scalable and something we could pass off and grow with other uh, partner organizations as well. Um, another important one is what are the skills needed? Not everyone wants to hang drywall. Not everyone wants to run an electrical wire. There's a lot of different skills out there that uh, we can use to help house people, but they're not all necessarily trade and, and uh, construction work. So how can we incorporate other skills to accomplish this goal of uh, helping the, the very vulnerable po- population? And finally, what? potential partners are out there that are already doing this work would be a a good fit for our organization and have more experience and complementary options or uh, offerings that we could work together with. So these are some of the metrics that I think we should look at all the different options out there to evaluate what is the best next step for Holy Communion Episcopal Church. And uh, there's probably some other options as well that you'll think of and Uh, bring to to delight when we meet in person, but this is kind of the way I'm framing up how we evaluate options. All right, so let's move into the the exciting part, the menu, as I'm calling it. Here's a collection of 15 options for where we take our housing ministry. Now, of course, we don't have to do any of these. As a faith-based organization, after a, a long, rough time with COVID, we might be just tapped out and say, you know what, let's not move forward at this time. So we don't have to do any of them. We could do all of them. We will be exhausted if we do. So I think we need to be a little choosy about what we decide to prioritize and what we don't. We can pick and choose which combination we might find to be a compelling portfolio of support for the housing, un- in- housing insecure. We can do any combination, and we can even order off this menu. We don't have to pick something that's on this list. If there's something, an opportunity, resources, et cetera, that the community is excited about or they're aware of or they have a connection with, great. We'll move forward with those. For now, though, this is our menu of options to get the wheels turning, the discussion started, and uh, start thinking about where we go from here. Um, I'm going to start reading down through some of these options, but I'm really looking forward to engaging with the broader community on October 24th 2021 front lawn of Holy Communion Church to talk about what gets you excited. So uh, the first option on here is maybe the most obvious one we can we can buy and renovate or buy and build or buy and renovate another property we've done it once we've proven we can do it. It's a lot of work. It's really money intensive. I'm going to estimate $100,000 and 2,000 volunteer hours to get that done for every individual we house, but we've done it. We know that there's uh, partners that are ready to, to work with us. Uh, Criminal Justice Ministry is a group we've not worked with in the past, but we know there's a common interest there and they'd be happy to. St. Patrick's Center, University City High School, there's a lot of groups out there that would be, in, um, would be thrilled and have expressed interest in us buying, owning, renovating a home for their clients. Uh, we could take a step back and build, uh, do a similar innovation project or building project for a partner organization, Habitat for Humanity, we've worked with in the past and Veterans Community Project has been on another adult forum session, just like this one, talking about the, the, uh, the little houses that they're building in, in the St. Louis region now for veterans. Um, We wouldn't have to spend money, much money doing that. We could uh, scale it very easily. We just send volunteers out to do a building project for Habitat or uh, VCP and uh, away we go. And that would have, um, it'd be scalable and would have a big impact. Um, We wouldn't own the property and we wouldn't know the clients very well, but um, there's some good benefits there. There's another option, um, and this is number three on the list and uh, number three on the list is the idea of maintaining housing. Rather than putting someone into a home, what if we could help people maintain their homes and keep them in the homes they're in now? If they're at risk of being evicted due to code violations or even just they're aging and they they aren't able to stay in the home and, um, with its current condition, what if we could bring it up to code? What if we could install uh, features in the home to enable um, people to stay in their homes longer so that they're not forced out because of uh, uh, unsafe, um, environments and things like that. That would be an easy uh, project in terms of uh, doing small projects, small construction projects, small additions, not too much money, fair amount of hours. But we'd also build relationships really well. So we could also um, we could shift gears. Instead of swinging hammers and doing construction work, we could do quite a bit of, um, uh, I'll say, uh, readiness projects. If we we could help other nonprofits set up homes that they own with new furniture, new furnishings, et cetera, so that people are ready to move into them and we can help their clients move into a warm and welcoming home uh, with very little effort on our part in terms of hours or uh, at least construction hours. Uh, wouldn't take a whole lot of our expenditures either. We could expand our laundry love and serve those who are currently living on the streets with the mobile laundry opportunities and, and bring, the, bring a uh, uh, opportunity to get clean to them and uh, serve that population in that way. Um, we've, we've heard about the winter outreach community in St. Louis who helps uh, the homeless of the region get off the streets in the coldest nights of the year. Could there be an opportunity for us either to identify a place for people to take refuge in the coldest months? Could we provide transportation to those locations? Could we open our doors? I don't know, maybe we could uh, find a way to help keep people alive who are living on the streets uh, in the brutal weather of St. Louis. There's opportunities for education. We could provide education for renters on what their rights are, what their opportunities are, what resources have they not reached out uh, of that? Are they not aware of? A um, um, good friend, Heidi on the Hi- housing 2.0 team has identified some, uh, some seminars and trainings to help take, um, make renters aware that there's housing assistance during COVID times to get, um, uh, support rent support so that not, they don't get evicted for past rents and things like that. Similarly, we could do other home buying education to help people understand what the process is to purchase their own home. What is the role of an agent? What is, how does the mortgage work? Those type of things. Those wouldn't, those tasks wouldn't require home maintenance skills, but it'd be really valuable to people who might, uh, need those resources or need those expertise. We could branch out even further and do advocacy work. Uh, Holy Communion has a, um, a group called Faithful Action that reaches out um, and does, uh, I'll say, um, advocacy and social justice work, trying to find ways uh, socially and politically to show support for the vulnerable and try to have an influence on policies and uh, connect with the right people in government, nonprofits, et cetera, to influence the, what the life is like or what options are out there for the housing insecure. Advocacy could be a really interesting um, set of volunteer efforts. It might take little more than phone calls and going to meetings and writing suggestions and, and uh, writing to representatives. That would be a powerful uh, effort. Short-term winter relief. Um, I certainly talked about this in the past, but a uh, uh, good friend, Adam from Holy Communion mentioned that there's a, a strong need in the wind, coldest of winter to uh, get people in off the streets. And if we could maybe find commercial buildings and landlords who don't have uh, current tenants that if we could get people off the street just for short periods of time overnight in the coldest parts of the winter, that would be huge in terms of saving lives of this vulnerable population. Uh, Number 11 here on the list, could we apply quiet pressure to improve the living conditions for people that are in housing but are in substandard housing? For example, could we reach out to landlords that we know aren't doing a good job of providing a livable location, livable home for tenants? Could we provide a third-party gentle nudge to say, hey, we know that Susie is uh, your tenant and uh, she really needs some help fixing the heater over there? Would those little nudges be helpful to keep people in their homes and keep them in a safe environment? That wouldn't take a lot of work, but could have a really meaningful impact. Uh, Number 12, I'm gonna throw my weight behind this one. This is the one I'm most excited about. Um, It's called a risk mitigation fund. Could we set up a a, a bucket of money, a a fund that we would um, go with a applicant to rent a property and say, we know this applicant's credit is not impeccable, it is not uh, perfect. Holy Communion and this risk mitigation fund will be standing behind this tenant. They're on their, their way, They're, they've got their life in order, but if anything should happen in the first year that where they aren't able to make payment, rent payments, we're gonna be their backstop. Will you take a chance and house this person in the short term? Well, we are their backstop, we're gonna help them out. Here's the dollars with, uh, that we're gonna hold in trust for, for your benefit in case anything bad should happen. Will you take a chance on them? Would that little nudge be enough to get people off the streets and uh, into stable housing? I, I'm excited by that one. I think that would be a, a wonderful arrangement to build a relationship. It would be highly scalable. We could do it one tenant at a time and it would uh, not require a ton of volunteer hours or money in my opinion. So that's number 12 the one I get most excited about. Multiple nonprofits have mentioned to us the the need for direct rental relief. Could we provide a no strings attached supply of cash to help keep tenants in their residences or or, uh, homeowners in their homes? Just um, direct rental relief, direct mortgage assistance, can we directly provide support uh, to these uh, people who are at risk of losing their homes? Of course, we can also donate, number 14 is always out there, always donate to other nonprofits who are already working in this space and could you really use more resources and can be more effective with a few more uh, dollars of support. Um, Maybe not very scalable or not very uh, high relationship um, building option, but certainly we know who the big players are in the St. Louis region to help this population, we can support them and their mission as well. Uh, number 15 is social media. In this world of, um, of uh, sharing ideas and communicating big messages, social media is big. Um, there are groups, uh, Beyond Housing is one of the ones we've talked with most recently, that would really love our support just promoting some of their big themes, talking about how we can uh, do little videos to, to promote their causes, uh, hashtag their organization, That would be really easy and really scalable. We could get that done with a couple dozen people in an afternoon after church one day and have a pretty big impact on our partner organizations. So I'll pause. These are a set of options we could consider going from swinging hammers, building buildings, all the way down to texting, making social media videos, etc. The purpose is that there's a lot of options for how we can serve The homeless population of St. Louis or the housing insecure. A lot of different skill sets that our community could bring. They have their trade-offs. Some are very resource intensive in terms of dollars. Some would be more skill-based and a little bit of training could be helpful. But there's a broad set of options that we could consider for where do we take our housing ministry in 2022 and beyond. And so the purpose of this is to open up the discussion about where do we go from here? With that, I'm going to leave you with just a couple of questions to, to jumpstart our discussion for October 24th's um, session or uh, in person session. What options for Housing 2.0 get you excited? Where could you see us uh, contributing Holy Communion's time, talents, and treasures and your own as well? Is there one that you get particularly interested in and would say, I want to lead that effort, um, regardless of whether Holy Communion does it or not? Where, where do you stand? What gets you excited? What other options, uh, question two, what other options should we add to this menu? Are there things not, that you don't see represented that you think this is where we really need to plug in to serve the needs of the housing insecure or home yeah, housing insecure population? Where can we really have a big impact? What can we add? And uh, who else would you want to reach out to? Who are the people that you think would have the information or the partnerships or the relationships? Um, that we could dig into deeper to really flesh out some of these options to get more details behind them. What other partners do you know of that you would want to work with in the future? Who do you think would be uh, of like mind or have similar values that you think we should really consider linking arms with and, and uh, working together on as we tackle this housing issue in St. Louis? particularly as this pandemic continues to make life very difficult for lots of people. I'll part with a a quote from uh, Margaret Mead as we evaluate where we go from here. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. I think there's a lot of great opportunity for Holy Communion in the future uh, as we evaluate Housing 2.0. Please do join us on October 24th for our discussion about where do we go from here. With that, I hope you uh, enjoyed the presentation and I look forward to your additions and suggestions for the future. Thank you so much and um, we'll connect very soon. Take care.